Today, it's a captain's log series, but instead of a hot topic news day, we're going to take inventory of all the moving parts around the FMC's rulemakings and really everything that they're working on. Who's doing what? What do you need to do? What are they still doing? Settle in. We'll get you squared away before the holidays distract everybody. There's a lot coming up in December, so let's talk about it. Hi, welcome by Land and by Sea, an attorney breaking down the week in supply chain, presented by the Maritime Professor, me. I'm Lauren Began, founder of The Maritime Professor and Squall Strategies, and I'm your favorite maritime attorney. Join me every week as we walk through both ocean transport and surface transport topics in the wild world of supply chain. As always, the guidance here is general and for educational purposes only. It should not be construed to be legal advice, and there is no attorney-client privilege created by this video. If you need an attorney, contact an attorney. So like I said, today it's a captain's log day, so we're just going to go right into it. We're going to get into the meat and potatoes of the day. So like I said, as we head into the holidays, I was planning on taking a little seasonal break from By Land and By Sea episodes and maybe restarting after the new year, but there is a lot still happening. Uh, We have a lot due in December, so look, onward we press. We're going to be continuing the episodes on By Land and By Sea, but you know, just as I do in August, I'm going to be making these episodes between Thanksgiving and New York, New Year, uh, so the episodes between Thanksgiving and the New Year, a little bit shorter um, as the subject matter allows. Certainly, we have um, some some big stuff. Like I said, we have detention demerge due, uh, comments due in, in December. But as the subject matter allows, we're going to be a little bit shorter, quicker hit, streamlined discussion. Um, there's a lot happening. So I want to make sure that you can still get all your information. Um, but there's a lot happening in life, too, during this time, right? We're, we're in November. It's Veterans Day. Um, you know, Thanksgiving around the corner. And then we're heading right into Christmas and New Year. Everything moves by really quickly. So I'd like, I, I, I'm going to still be providing information here, um, but quick hits so that you can, you can get what you need to know and then keep moving on to whatever else you need to get done. So, you know, as I was reviewing my notes on the FMC's recent activities, I came across this, this kind of piece of information that I had actually forgotten about, um, but it's so important, and I want to make sure that we hit it right off the bat. Um, the FMC said at their recent commission hearing that retaliation will not be tolerated. If anyone is experiencing that, that they're directed to reach out to the Bureau of Enforcement, which is now the new Enforcement um, Bureau of Enforcement Investigations and Compliance, um, but reach out to, to BOE um, or BEIC as it is, um, the new enforcement program. They said that they're standing by to t- take those matters and talk about any retaliation that people might be experiencing. Um, Caters, Consumer Affairs and Dispute Resolution Services, is also standing by to take those matters and, and discuss what's happening there. Um, the FMC is aware and and understand um, the hesitations that shippers may have in bringing claims or somehow speaking up against wrongdoings. There's only so many carriers out there, right? Um, and not saying that all carriers have done all bad things, um, and certainly not saying that that shippers are want to be doing these things. But as kind of a general blanket statement, if there's hesitation because they're afraid of retaliation, or if there has been retaliation, something that the FMC wants to hear about. Um, super, super important piece of information that the FMC said just 
putting it right out there, tal- retaliation will not be tolerated. Um, you know, I think this statement is an acknowledgement of the FMC really understanding the hesitation that people may have in bringing suits or speaking up, um, given the kind of limited nature of this industry, right? You don't want to be put on a bad kid list, um, you know, or, or maybe not have um, business interactions because you you spoke up in, in a certain arena. And there's a rulemaking that's coming that we'll be speaking to that, but it's not out yet. So let's take inventory. Let's go right into it. Let's take inventory of what's going on. So what's open right now? And what do you need to think about and make a plan to address? Detention and demurrage billing requirements. That is open right now. It opened October 13th. It's going to be open for 60 days. It will close December 13th. We really, I mean, we have Thanksgiving in there. We're going to be into the holiday season. So if you're not already working on those comments, please, please, please put your thoughts together. Um, this is the notice of proposed rulemaking stage. So we've already had the advanced notice of proposed rulemaking stage that happened last spring. We had over 80 comments filed then. We then had OSRA come in over the summer, which is why we're kind of moving forward with this rulemaking but also as a second step to the advanced notice of proposed rulemaking that was last spring. That was the, here's some general thoughts, here's some general questions, we're putting them all together. This stage right now, they're putting those thoughts together. They have collected all those comments. They are discussing what what the comments said, and they're turning that into language. This is really kind of the last great opportunity to interact with the FMC on detention to merge billing requirements. The next stage, assuming everything keeps moving forward, is going to be a final rule. And at that point, it only stops or things get modified if there's a significant adverse comment filed or if there's something large that the FMC has forgotten or or isn't addressing um, or is raised as a concern. This moment right now, the FMC will still take into consideration like I said, all, all stages will they'll take into consideration. But this stage is designed to take into consideration comments from the industry based on the text that the FMC is providing. We did an episode on D&D billing requirements and the rulemaking that was released um, a couple episodes back. I encourage you to go take a listen to that. Um, we'll probably be hitting it again as we get closer. Like I said, we're going to be doing captain's logs, but maybe that'll be kind of our quick hits day. Uh, what's in it? What do, you, what do you need to kind of be aware of? And um, we'll cover it a little bit today, too. But So that's what's open right now. Detention and demerge billing requirements. It's open until December 13th. So it's closed. What are we waiting on the FMC? What What's there nothing really for you, the industry, to do yet? Um, unreasonable refusal to deal or negotiate with respect to vessel space accommodations. That closed on October 21st. And then a request for information and emergency order. That closed, what was it, September? It closed a while ago. Um, so we're waiting on those. We also have a rulemaking. So there's nothing to do right now for those two, the emergency order or the unreasonable refusal to deal or negotiate. There's nothing for the industry to do other than wait. You could maybe be reviewing some of the comments that were filed just to see what other people were saying. Um, but there's nothing to do on those currently. So what are we waiting on? We still have things that will prompt action from the industry, and that is the unfair or unjust discriminatory method. So I brought up that comment from the last hearing that the FMC said retaliation will not be tolerated. I understand this next rulemaking that we're still waiting on 
that we have no prompts for yet, unfair or unjust discriminatory methods, to probably address that retaliation piece, that unfair or unjustly discriminatory methods. If there's discrimination happening within, you know, not taking certain cargo or there, or not working with certain companies or any kind of unfair or unjust discrimination that's happening in a, in a kind of cargo business movement sense, um, I anticipate that that rulemaking will address that. It's not open yet. It has not been released yet. It's the third of the rulemakings that we've been watching that have come out from Azra. So that's our list. But what's open? Let's dive into these a little bit more. So what's open? This is the detention and demerge billing information. There were four things that the FMC wanted to address in the detention and demerge billing information rulemaking. One, adopt minimum information that common carriers must include in a demerge or detention invoice that was part of the 13 uh, requirements that were brought down from ASRA. Two, add to this list additional information that must be included in or with a demerge or detention invoice. So maybe any modifications or additional information that would be tagging on to that th- those 13 invoice requirements. Three, further define prohibitive practices by clarifying which parties may appropriately bill for demerge or detention charges, or be appropriately billed for demerge or detention charges. And four, establish billing practices that billing parties must follow when invoicing for demerge or detention charges. Okay, so what does all that mean? What What's really, what are they trying to get at in this open, currently open, detention demerge billing information rulemaking? I'm just going to go through some of the highlights here. Um, really, like I said, I encourage you to go back and listen to the By Land and By Sea episode about it. Look, They wanted to streamline things. They hit it right off the bat. They've done this a few different ways in the the interpretive rule from May 2020. The FMC talks about, look, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. This is what I say. If it quacks, it's a duck. They want to streamline the terms in the lingo. What the FMC has said is commission. the commission is defining the terms demerge or detention broadly to include any charge assessed by common carriers and marine terminal operators related to the use of marine terminal space or shipping containers. So demerge, the use of the terminal space or the use of the shipping containers detention. So for instance, a charge assessed by a common carrier for the use of container outside of a marine terminal would fall under the scope of this rule, regardless of whether the charge is called detention or per diem. See, they're saying, look, it's quacking. We're calling it a duck. If it's if it's using the container off of the terminal, we're calling it detention. I don't care what you call it. We're calling it detention. It's a duck. And the FMC says a charge assessed because a container is taking up terminal space would fall within the scope of this rule, even if the billing party called the charge something other than demurrage. So they're saying if you're taking up the terminal space, like on the yard, it comes off the ship, it gets sit, it's it's sitting on the terminal, and it's just sitting there. I don't care what you call it, it's quacking, it's a demurrage, it's a duck. So specifically, the FMC says these limit the definitions to shipping containers and excludes charges related to other equipment, such as chassis, because depending on the context, per diem can refer to container chassis or both. So the commission actually said in this current D&D, the commission discourages use of terms such as storage and per diem as synonyms for demerge and detention because these terms add additional complexity, and I'm going to say confusion. So the FMC continues to say, to ensure clarity, the commission generally favors the term per diem to refer to the use of chassis. So the FMC is, I mean, not, not, not tiptoeing here. They're saying, look, demerge is 
the cargo box coming off, sitting on the yard, and it's sitting there. It's taking up space on the yard or the terminal or whatever. They're saying that the actual use of the box, the container box, well, that's detention if you're using the box. Demurrage is the space it's taking up on the yard. Detention, the space it's taking up inside the container. And then look, they're saying chassis, let's just call it per diem. If you're if you're using a you're you're using my chassis, we're gonna call that a per diem charge just to keep it clean and easy. So, like I said, they're they're saying, look, I don't care if it quacks, this is what we're calling it. The FNC also in the detention to merge rulemaking wants to define build parties, billing parties, and billing dispute. And they're kind of uh, they're kind of defined how you would assume that they are, but take a look at the definition and see if you agree with it. Um, the, the scope of the, of the definitions, really, do you think that the build parties that they're identifying or the billing parties that they're identifying are appropriate? Um, the FMC is also proposing to limit the invoices to only those that have a direct, genuine commercial relationship. So the commission believes that prohibited bill, prohibiting billing parties from issuing demerge or detention invoices to persons with whom they do not have a genuine commercial relationship will similarly benefit the supply chain. Let me say that a little bit clearer. The FNC is saying only people who have genuine commercial relationships should be issuing demerge or detention invoices to people. If the bill party has firsthand knowledge of the terms of its service contract with a common carrier, then they're in a better position to ensure that both they and the carrier are abiding by those terms. FMC is saying, look, we're saying that this direct, genuine commercial relationship is going to make it so that people know what's going on. They're not just outside party trying to, to pay these bills. They're, the FMC says, when demerge or detention invoice disputes do arise, the billed party is in a better position than third parties, such as truckers or customs brokers, to analyze the accuracy of the charge. Totally, right? That makes sense. Uh, practically, the proposed rule would prohibit billing parties from invoicing motor carriers or customs brokers. So if adopted, the FMC continues, the proposed rule would not prevent motor carriers from paying on behalf of the build party. Although a motor carrier could pay on behalf of a build party, the motor carrier would not be liable for those charges and could not be penalized for non-payment of the charges. The trucker, the drayage company, could be helpful to the process, but it's not their responsibility to pay for it. That would be with the direct contractual genuine relationship, which in most cases is probably going to be the beneficial cargo owner or the shipper itself. What do you think about that? That's what the FMC is asking here. They have some language. They have some ideas on where they want this to move, but they want some feedback. And so that's what we're looking at here is this is our moment for the feedback. In this detention demurrage, the only open question, the only open ask at the FMC right now, they also talk about clock stopping events. So instead of requiring billing parties to identify specific clock-stopping events on D&D invoices, so they're saying, look, instead of saying all these things are going to stop the clock, they're saying, look, I don't care. We want you to put, the proposed rule is saying that we would require the billing party to identify the specific dates on which they charge to merge or detention. So I don't care if you start it on the 11th, you stop it on the 18th, you start it on the 22nd. You know, and, but there's something between the 18th and the 22nd. You don't need to identify that. Just tell me what days you are actually charging for. I mean, that kind of makes it easy, right? Um, that way you don't need to go into, well, does that count? Does that not count? I mean, it's just, or, or if you're just like, well, I gave you three days here. I gave you four days there. doesn't matter. 
What days are you actually charging for? Give me the dates. We're going the 11th through the 18th, the 22nd through the 24th, and then, you know, who knows? That They're just saying, let me just know the dates that you're charging for. Um, the proposed rule would also require the invoice to include contact information. So they're saying an email, a telephone number, or some way of contacting the billing party for questions or requests for fee mitigation, refund, or waiver. Um, maybe a website of a publicly accessible portion of the billing party's website that provides a detailed description of information or documentation that a billed party must provide to successfully request fee mitigation. So like the process, you got to put it out on your website, the process that if you have mitigation requests or refund requests or waiver requests, um, and define timeframes that comply with the billing practices. So that's what they're saying. You got to have a point of contact. You got to have contact information. I mean, I'm going to go as far as to say you can't be junk contact information. That's going to come around and bite you if you start doing those kind of games, which we've heard of those games happening out there. Um, and where and how can the bill the party actually get some recourse and actually get some somebody to answer the phone? And how do they go against how do they how do they challenge the invoice with fee mitigation, refunds, or waivers? That's all in this detention to merge invoice um, rulemaking here. So speaking of timelines, the FMC also is talking about timelines for um, these billing invoices. So the FMC is proposing a 30-day time frame to issue detention to merge invoices. So they're saying that you need to invoice within 30 days of when the demerge or the detention happened. So I, I'm, I'm hesitating here because this is, gets a little complicated, right? So so let's just, let's go with, it's a 30-day timeline from when the detention and demerge happened. Um, and they're also saying, the commission's also saying that they would like to excuse billed parties from having to pay if the issue, if the invoice is issued after 30 days. So they're saying if the billing, they this is verbatim, if a billing party does not issue a demerge or detention invoice within the required time frame, then the charge would be void and the billed party would not be required to pay. Now, don't stop paying things. This is only a proposed rulemaking. I really encourage you to check with your attorneys on this um, before you just stop paying things. So make sure that you are totally in the right before you just stop paying things. And again, I can't say this enough. This is a proposed rule. This is not a real rule yet. This is a proposed rule. So they're saying 30 days is what they're going to require. I hesitated when we first started talking about this because look, how often are you, have you already picked up your goods and then you get charged? Not often, right? I mean, you might be able to carry a balance, but really you're probably going to have to pay on the goods for your D&D before you can even pick it up, before it's even released. That's something that this doesn't really address. Um, I think we're going to see some comments, and I encourage you to submit comments that talk about the operational struggles and the operational kind of – it just doesn't match up, right? That that usually you're going to have to pay for this demerge detention before you can even pick up your stuff, which means that the D&D is still happening until you go pick it up. Um and then I, I also, I mean, another thing to consider here that I would encourage people to put into their comments, if this is applicable to you, what happens if you pay for your D&D at like 3.30, 4 p.m. on a Tuesday? And so you're like, okay, cool. Can I come pick it up? But the maybe the, the terminal closes at 4.45, 5 o'clock. Are you, are you charged for the next day because you didn't come pick it up? I mean, there, there's probably some some clarity that needs to be operational level that would, I think it would benefit from being put into 
this D&D rulemaking on kind of that fine point, because that's going to be a trouble spot. Because do they get that one extra day of demurrage? Or is that a free day now? Do you get 24 hours from when you pay it of like kind of an additional free day, right? And then and then if you don't pick it up within 24 hours, then detention to merge starts accruing again. Maybe that's it. Maybe you get a 24 hours from when you submit payment to pick it up before D&D starts happening again. I, I don't know. But these are all things to contemplate in these comments that you submit. They need to know that there's some operational difficulties happening. Okay, so the 30 days time frame to issue the D&D invoices. Then the FMC is saying, look, but then you only have 30 days. This is a proposed rule. The commission is proposing the billed parties submit any request for fee mitigation, refund, or waiver to billing parties within 30 days of receiving a demerger detention invoice. Okay, so they want to just keep this clean, streamlined, quick, where it's, look, 30 days from the occurrence in kind of this this magical world of you can pick up your cargo without having paid the bill yet. Um, It happens sometimes. Um, So, so, and then from there, 30 days after that to request fee mitigation, refund or waiver. Um, I mean, I think that those are things that we can definitely tag onto. These are things that we can definitely submit comments related to. Um, And that's detention and demurrage. This is, this is open. This is open right now and it's going to be open for, just about another month. Um, I really, really take a look at it. It's going to go quick. The time's going to go fly by. Um, look at it now while we're still kind of all in work mode. We got one more work mode week before then we hit Thanksgiving. And then, you know, as well as I do, right? It, then it gets to be the holidays. Um, okay. So December 13th, get your comments in for the detention demurrage. So that's the only open right now. So what's closed? What are, what's closed and what are we waiting for? We've been covering the unreasonable refusal to deal or negotiate with respect to vessel-based accommodations provided by an ocean common carrier quite a bit recently. We've been talking about what it is. We've been talking about comments submitted relating to it. Um, essentially, the FMC is proposing to define elements necessary to establish a violation and the criteria it will consider in assessing reasonableness. That was on a 30-day comment filing period. It's already done. It was October 21st. They went over... What is refusal to deal or negotiate? Um, saying that it should be evaluated on a case by case basis. They went over vessel space accommodations. Um, they got some comments on refusal to deal or negotiate, uh, especially from the DOJ, saying, "Look, it needs to be a little bit more precise. Um, deal or negotiate. Those should be two separate terms, not kind of clumped together." I think the FMC might try to define that a little bit more, but also, like I said, it's case by case. The FMC has clearly said this is going to be case by case. Um, so there might be a little bit more <sighs> examples, um, clarity, uh, illustration of, of what they mean. Um, but really, I think they want to keep that open so that they can really create the fine point through case law and through specific instances and applications. Um, they talk about reasonableness. And, and the example that they give that I keep bringing up is um, a carrier's repeated refusal to respond to email or telephone requests for negotiations over an extended period of time may be viewed as an unreasonable method of shutting another party out. Um, also, they talk about having a, a, a blanket exclusion of cargo will also be considered a blanket unreasonable activity. Um, they, they also mention the role is not to ensure that all interested parties get the same deal or make a certain profit. Uh, the commission's role is to ensure that parties are not precluded from obtaining preferential treatment due to unreasonable or unjustly discriminatory reasons. Some of the industry tagged on to that and was like, 
we we can't just have this it's fine you know kind of open open assessment here and um both both sides the carrier said you know preferential treatment or or special contracts is a thing and that was allowed under Azra 1998 um the Ocean Shipping Reform Act of 1998 Azra 98 um but then the other side said uh, the FMC also said the ocean carrier may be viewed as having acted reasonably in exercising its business discretion to proceed with a certain arrangement by over another by taking into account such factors as profitability and compatibility with its business development strategy. The industry, the, the shippers were saying, look, what is the profitability and compatibility? They could just deny the export or, or deny the cargo um, and say it was part of their business strategy. I think the FMC might it might behoove them to do a little bit more fine point on that. Um, great comments, great comments. I love that these comments are coming in. Um, it'll be interesting to see. The carriers also said, look, business development strategy, is this a new document? Is this something that you want us to to file? And if so, what does it look like? And, you know, can you can you make us file this, um, a business development strategy? I, I think that just a few sentences, hopefully, maybe even a paragraph or two, um, of refinement and and this should be cleared up. Um, but great comments, right? This is why we file these comments so that the FMC, you know, it's it's tough work having to put out these kind of very general. Here's what we've seen of the industry. Here's taking everything into consideration. It's a work together moment. It's a group project of the entire industry. We just have to be present and and participating in the group project. We can't have the FMC be the only person doing any work on the group project. Look, we're waiting. So that one we're waiting on. We've submitted the comments. Now we're waiting on the FMC to come out with the sum summarization of the comments. Um, and actually, so it's going to be the final rule. That one comes out December 16th. Um, that will be the final rule. That was required to be finished and buttoned up by December 16th um, by the FMC, by the Ocean Shipping Reform Act, when they said, look, finish this up in six months. By the time this is signed, it was signed June 16th. Puts us at December 16th. We will have a final rule. December 16th with probably a 30-day effective. Maybe it'll be effective upon filing, um, but maybe a 30-day effective date. So we're looking at probably mid-January. Um, those unreasonable refusal to deal or negotiate things, parameters, will be a rule. So, well, that like I said, we got a lot happening in December. So I'm, I'm going to stay with you. I'll, I'll keep breaking it down. The other thing we're waiting on, the request for information for the emergency order. So the FMC was seeking public comment on whether supply chain congestion has created conditions warranting the issuance of an emergency order requiring common carriers and marine terminal operators to share key information with shippers, truckers, and railroads. So 48 comments were received there. This one I'm a little, I don't know, I'm not exactly sure how to read this because Look, it's an emergency order, right? And so a lot of the comments came back and said, yes, I think an emergency order would be well, you know, appropriate um, to, to be issued from the FMC. Um, but look, it's it's taken a little while. We're kind of out of certainly the emergency that we had 18 months ago, a year ago, six months ago. Um, it seems like things are starting to kind of cool down a little bit. We don't have the extreme crazy congestion of 150 vessels offshore. Um, I mean, the nature of an emergency order, right, is that it's an emergency and that we got to move fast. This isn't moving all that fast. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'll be interested to see if an emergency order actually comes from this. The emergency order authority given to the FMC is actually only for 18 months um, from, I believe it was from the issuance of Azra. So look, we're looking at maybe one more year because that would put us at December of 2023. 
Um, I don't know. This I'm just interested to see what the FMC does with this one, with this emergency order. It's interesting, right? Look, so that's what's up. Right now, Detention to Merge is the only one out there. Go look at that one. I mean, there, there, certainly there's others that are, there's other things that you could be doing, but of the rulemakings that we're following, of these three rulemakings that we're following, including the emergency order, that's the one. That's the one that I want you looking at. I really want you making a plan for. We're entering into the holidays. We've been asking to have this voice. This is our moment for the voice. These rulemakings and requests for informations, uh, these are these are our chance. Um, make sure that you get your comments together. Um, we've talked about how to submit comments before. You know, make sure that you identify. Imagine that you're able to have that moment of sitting down with the FMC or even with just a commissioner, and you want to tell them what why is this important into your industry. Tell that story through your comments because when they sit down to address it, they might not be in your world. They might not have any any clue on, you know, maybe you're a furniture manufacturer and, and you want to tell them, look, this is a big deal because of this, this, and this. Maybe you are a banana importer and, and there's certain parameters around banana imports. I mean, it's spoilage, you know, uh, cooled temperature, all that stuff. Maybe that's something that you want to tell them in the demerge or detention rulemaking. Um, or or in the retaliation, maybe there's only a few carriers that service that line. These are important. These are these are this is your moment. Um, make sure that you're clear. Make sure that you keep it approachable. Make sure that you provide that background information so that they have a context of what you're talking about. Um, and remember, these are publicly filed comments for the most part, and so um, they really benefit not only the commission itself but everybody else that can look at them. Um, keep that in mind when you write them so that you don't put in, you know, too many business secrets or whatever it may be. Um, but there, there's benefit of everybody being able to see it so that everyone can kind of see, okay, well, that's interesting perspective from that sector of the industry. Um, get your thoughts together. Get ready to send them over. Um, December 13th, that's the detention to merge. So as always, the guidance here is general and for educational purposes only. It should not be construed to be legal advice directly related to your matter. If you need an attorney, contact an attorney. But if you have specific legal questions, feel free to reach out to me at my legal company, Squall Strategies. Again, I gave some, some suggestions, but these are educational suggestions. These are not, this is not legal advice. Um, but I do encourage you in general, get your comments together. Not legal advice. <laughs> Otherwise, for the non-legal questions, for the e-learning and general industry information and insights, come find me at The Maritime Professor. If you like these videos, let me know. Comment, like, and share. If you missed any previous episodes, check out our episodes on demand through our podcast, By Land and By Sea. If you missed any previous videos, these videos live on my YouTube page, By Land and By Sea, presented by The Maritime Professor. And while you're at it, check out our website, themaritimeprofessor.com. Our e-courses are dropping soon. Hop on that newsletter get on our list. We'll, we'll be sending out information shortly. So until next week, this is Lauren Began, the Maritime Professor, and you've just listened to By Land and By Sea. See you next time.